Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. And a very Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, uh, on this blessed and holy night, as our hearts are once again gladdened by the remembrance of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have this year been particularly interested in uh, the reason why um, Easter and Christmas, I've been looking at these two holidays, but why Christmas really took off in our country as uh, some sort of like kind of secular extravaganza. Because in the 18th century, uh, neither holiday, both were marked, but neither were really celebrated in the United States or England until about like basically the middle of the 1800s. And there are several historical and cultural reasons for that, but uh, the one that I found most intriguing came from a, a journalist named Tara Isabel Burton, who in her 2018 article, which she wrote for Vox, entitled, Why Easter Never Became a Big Secular Holiday Like Christmas, she astutely observes in this article that the main reason is theological. Burton writes, Christmas, with its celebration of the birth of a child, is a natural fit for a secularized celebration. The subject matter of Christmas makes it ideal for a child-centered holiday. The centrality of family in Christmas imagery, the nativity scene, the portraits of Madonna and child that don our Christmas cards, allow it to translate easily into a holiday centered around children and childhood. But the message of Easter... That of an adult man who was horribly killed only to rise from the dead is much harder to secularize. Celebrating Easter demands celebrating something so miraculous that it cannot be reduced, as Christmas can, to a heartwarming story about motherhood. Its supernatural elements are on display front and center. Easter is a story about death and resurrection. End quote. What I want to do tonight in this sermon is bridge the gap for you all between Christmas and Easter. Because theologically, they cannot be separated. When properly understood, Christmas drives us to Easter. The manger drives us to the cross and the empty tomb. And I want to make three brief points tonight. First, who is the one that we encounter at the manger? And then consequently at the cross. Second, what does God do to us in that encounter? And three, why is all of this good news for you tonight and always? Because it's our hope that you'll leave this place this evening with a little bit of peace. You'll leave this place with a little bit of joy and comfort. Now, I'm going to let you in on something. All month long, my family and I have committed to spending quality family time together. And so in November, we bought Disney+. Plus. <laughs> we have been watching High School Musical 1, High School Musical 2, High School Musical 3... 
and all of the Marvel movies, nonstop. And the saying is true, the family that watches TV together stays together. Of course, until we have to actually talk together. But um, that was supposed to be horribly funny, so you can laugh. But anyway, um, but nevertheless, one show that we have all fallen in love with is that Star Wars spin-off, The Mandalorian. And not because of the acting, uh, but because of Baby Yoda. <laughs> we cannot help but say in unison, aww, every time Baby Yoda comes onto the screen. And I know we're not the only ones because, uh, who find Baby Yoda adorable because the sales of Baby, Baby Yoda are just blowing up through the roof, you know what I mean? Not just only in this country, but all around the world. I think if you order a Baby Yoda right now on Amazon, you will not get it until May 2022. But, um, man, you can laugh tonight. It's all right. So I'm trying to lighten the mood. We've all had a few drinks probably, but anyway. So I'm trying to lighten the mood. It's okay. You can laugh. But here we are. But I've been wondering, why are we drawn to babies? I know part of it is like, you know, there's a natural thing and there's a chemical that goes forth in us. But maybe we're drawn to babies because while we're all busy, especially us as New Yorkers, depicting ourselves as folks who are in control and people of power, babies remind us of who and what we are as humans. And this is where we begin to get past the sentimentality of Christmas and really begin to hone in on its profundity and what it's all about. Ponder this just for a second. We worship the one God whom no one in the Old Testament was allowed to see or come near because of his holiness. If you came near him, you would be eviscerated. This one God who is totally powerful and all in control, yet has revealed himself to the world in the same state that we are all naturally in, defenseless, helpless, and in flesh. And this is my first point. Christmas and Easter, the manger and the cross are connected because in these acts of God, we experience how God actually works. You see, we are always looking for God in the same places we'd hope to find ourselves, in the powerful, in the control. Yet tonight... You and I are going to encounter the living God. The living God who in Jesus Christ always displays himself in the opposite. He always displays his strength and his power by emptying himself of his own life and giving away all that he is the fullness of himself to you, to meet you right where you're at by grace so that he might meet us right where we're at to save us as we actually are, defenseless, helpless, and in the flesh. 
Now, because we deceive ourselves all the time into thinking that we are powerful and that we're in control, we're always trying to make God into something, aren't we? How many times have you heard someone say, well, I just believe, I just feel that God is this way. I'm really into the universe right now, you know? Or may, the countless books, just go to the Barnes & Noble and peruse the spiritual section. And all of these books on spirituality that are giving people a formula on how to make God into something. Yet take a look in our text tonight. The angel didn't tell the shepherds how they can make Jesus their Lord and Savior. He doesn't do that. The angel tells the shepherds that Christ their Lord and Savior has been born for them already that day. The angels herald a message right from heaven. And whether you assent to the fact or not, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. What we learn tonight on Christmas Eve, what we learn tonight about God and Christ from the manger in Bethlehem and thrusting us to the cross and the empty tomb is unlike some of the gifts you're going to be given tomorrow. This gift, God himself, comes to us with absolutely no formula or condition. Instead, the gift of God in Christ Jesus is free and comes to us by way of a declaration. This isn't something you need to figure out. He is telling you exactly who he is. And this is my second point. One of the amazing things we learn about God tonight is there is nothing to figure out. Rather, instead, God comes to you this evening as a declaration. And that declaration, Jesus is your Savior and he is your Lord, becomes the object of your faith. And by the Holy Spirit, that divine declaration creates faith within you to believe that God in Christ is your Savior. And this is so important. Because we live in a country right now. We live in a world right now. I mean, if you just got past CNN and MSNBC and looked outside of the United States you'd see that we are living in a world right now that is burning to the ground. And so much of what we see and what we experience is out of control. It's completely unfair. And what we want to do is the wrong thing, and that is make God into our own image. But what we see is anything in this world but righteous. Yet you've been given something tonight. You've been given something tonight. And the shepherds in our reading tonight, they illustrate the action that happens. This faith stirs up within you. St. Luke tells us they went to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord had made known to them. In other words, the shepherds ran to the object of their faith. They ran to the object of that angelic declaration. And there they encountered something very specific. They encountered God and man 
perfectly united in one person. There in the manger, they encountered the eternal majesty of God joined forever to our own flesh and blood. This is my third point. Like those shepherds, here you are. You have come tonight, and you have come tonight to Jesus, the object of your faith. However, this time, not as a babe in a manger, nevertheless, just as humble, just as meek, and just as unnoticed as a baby in Bethlehem. For as we gather here in Calvary Church tonight around this altar, by faith, we have come to the very Son of God. And we have come to the one who sat on Mary's lap. We have come to the one who has suffered for you. We have come to the one who has died for you. And in bread that is his body, and in wine that is his blood, God who takes on flesh now joins himself to you. And in that humble act of eating and drinking... God is going to assure you by his spirit that he loves you. That he has forgiven you of all your sins. And that you will be and that you are seated at his right hand. For tonight is not just about remembering a great story of a lowly mother and her little baby where there was no room in the inn with no crib for his head. Rather, tonight, I want to encourage you. Bring all, bring all of your burdens from 2019 right up here. And bring all of the anxiety that's coming with 2020 right up here. Bring it up here. Because we're in Bethlehem tonight. We remember, and this is the Jewish sense of remembering, where we are brought to that moment. And bring all of your baggage tonight. And as we're thrust from Bethlehem to Calvary in a moment. As we're thrust from Christmas to Easter in a moment. As we're thrust from the manger to the cross. And then to the empty tomb in a moment. What you're going to see tonight is it's not about what you're going to do for God. But what God has already done for you. And that faith tonight is going to inspire worship. Because God has revealed tonight... His eternal kindness. And he's revealed his eternal kindness to us by assuming our flesh as his own. And in the person of his son, he's taken it all on. And he becomes tonight and always your very righteousness before God. And this will carry you through 2020. It will carry you through your death And it will carry you through the age that is to come. This is the gift that is given to you. Merry Christmas. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.